Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Breaking the Rules. Uh, you're only going to get me today. The Hubs is really not interested in sitting and listening and analyzing the interview with Bethany and Rachel. Go figure. <laughs> but I just really, um, it's three long podcasts. There's a lot of commercials in it. Uh, a lot of stuff happened. And so I just kind of wanted to unpack it and unpack some of my thoughts about it <laughs> because I definitely have some thoughts about it, and I'm sure all of you do too. Uh, the TikTok has blown up over the last few days with just the little bit of clips that I've shown and been able to share with some pictures um, coupled with them and just the highlights that I pulled out. So I will focus on those highlights, but I will also talk about some other things that she discussed during the three-part interview. I do know that the video is supposed to be released today, Friday, on um, YouTube. So hoping that we will get that video version and be able to see. I'm really, uh, really good at reading body language. So I'm excited to, to be able to see that as well. But let's unpack Wreck-It Rachel. They, the two of them kind of opened and started talking about the changes that Rachel has made since exiting the reunion and her final interview and moving into the space of rehabilitation in the treatment center. Uh, she did just very small touching on what got her there. And really, I'm going to be honest and tell you that my whole view of this entire interview is that it was a hot mess. The interviewer does not know anything about the show or what was portrayed throughout the entire season to be able to really talk to her and understand like where were you and what was in your head during this point and like what happened. And so it just was really not what the fans and I think the public were waiting to hear. I really like Vanderpump Rules because it is a show that is almost designed around redemption. Like people who redeem themselves come back from, you know, the worst. I like to see people, you know, redeem themselves. I love the redemption story. So for me, I was very anxiously awaiting her coming forward and talking. And I really thought what she would talk about would be, you know, what got her there? Like what what place she was at when she made the decisions to start, you know, messing around with him. The lies that he told her during their, you know, affair, during their seven-month-long affair. And then, you know, what she did to overcome the vitriol that she describes over and over again, which we know she has experienced. A lot of the fans have been very, very vocal about how they feel about the situation. And she kind of touches on that. But that's kind of the redemption story that we were all waiting for was like that coupled in an interview. It just isn't what we got. It's more of like the girl version of Howie Mandel and Tom, where the person interviewing knows nothing about the show, the person they watched, you know, the reunion only. So take this with you know, whatever you can, a grain of salt, I guess. Um, B definitely, uh, B, and I'm going to say B a lot because let's be honest, I just don't care for Bethany. Um, I do think she has uh, a definition for this uh, reality reckoning and it is her. I think that the reality wrecking, reckoning probably needs to happen. There is definitely some boundaries that need to be set with the way that things are produced and the way that things come about in reality TV, but I just don't think she's the person to do it. I think it's a very hypocritical statement. I've followed her for a very long time, and so I have not cared for her for a very long time, and it's because of the hypocritical statements that come out of her mouth 
um, from one second to the next. And I'll hit down on some of those with some of the things that she says to Rachel. But she, um, B did say that she had an opinion whenever everything came out, Scandaval. She thought it was disproportionalized. Um, it was pumped through the PR machine of Bravo and marketed with a name. I really, like, I'm not going to let marketing and PR for Bravo take credit for that. I'm pretty sure the fans named it Scandaval because we are just that good. So I'm not going to let you say that. Um, but she was very confused because the Scandaval was sensationalized so much with no children, no marriage, and, you know she went on to start talking about the reality reckoning and what she felt was necessary, you know, the compensation and the ability for people who are in this ongoing battle mentally and, you know, maybe physically, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what all is being complained of because we haven't heard the real complaints come forward, but I'm seeing like, you know, they're being forced to drink, um, in situations that they wouldn't. And, you know, I think back to Lala, who is, you know, sober right now, and she fights her sobriety every day. I'm sure she's in situations where people drink. I'm sure she could probably demand she not be in, put in those situations. Would it make her storyline um, interesting? Probably not. And she's smart enough to know that. So she's not going to put herself in that position. So I just feel like there's nobody that's ever going to make me drink. I mean, I've been in work after work settings before where I've been pressured to continue drinking or drink or do something. And I make my own decisions and I know that's not in everyone's nature, but it should be you as an individual are in charge of you and yourself and your body and what you allow to happen to you. So I think I felt like for going through a treatment, this was the wrong place for Rachel to seek solace for an interview because Bethany is not about taking accountability and understanding, you know, what your place is in what was wrong and making sure that you understand that wrong, why you did it, so that you identify ways to not do it again. Um, she talks about exploitation and compensation, and this just made me laugh. Rachel was not paid for the interview with Bethany and people were laughing online about the amount of ads. There is a ton of ads in this um, podcast. I mean, first of all, it's broken into three parts. The first part was 40 some minutes, but the last two parts were only like 20 some minutes. And out of those, you know, 28 minutes, I would say 10 minutes of it was ads. So you got about 18 minutes of interview back and forth questioning. She did say, however, though, that they sat there for two hours total for the interview. Um, but she, you know, the content is out there without compensation for a long time. And that I kind of understand, especially with the amount of increased viewers for Vanderpump Rules with Scandaval. I know people that I'm friends with that have never watched the show before are very suddenly VPR fans and asking me questions and reaching out. And I mean, I love it. I love the increased viewership, but it saddens me that the reality stars on the show are not compensated at all for the continued increased fans and viewership. And I mean, the idea is that they will continue watching, but if they flop after the scandal, then, you know, I mean, it will all be for nothing. And we all know that Ariana is the reason we got to see Scandal, the Scandal. Um, she called the, the cameras back in, the producers, and called cameras back in. Tom and Rachel's plan was to never let things out during filming and to wait till after filming wrapped to tell Ariana that they had been sleeping together for a very short period of time and then to gradually work into a relationship as a couple in season 11. Rachel did say that um, sensationalized, she felt like it was sensationalized due to the untruths portrayed on the show and the affair hitting home for, for many viewers. 
I do think it hits home for many viewers. I mean, I have people on my TikTok pages and there are certain people that are just a given as soon as I see their name or the symbol of their profile. I know that they're coming out swinging because they obviously were cheated on and, you know, they're projecting that. So there is a lot of projection happening with the fans. But I also think that Tom um, objectifies that and amplifies that with his antics. And so it really made people continue to be very vocal about it and share things and have things to say. And it just did not make it easy for the conversation to end, you know, right after reunion like it normally does. Um, she did... Rachel did acknowledge uh, how much she hurt other people. But the thing is, she blames her breakup and from James and the state of mind that she was in. And I have seen women who were just in a really bad state of mind after a breakup. And they, you know, made really wrong decisions and got, you know, rebounded into a really, you know, abusive or manipulative relationship. So, you know, I was one of the TikTok pages and the podcasters that came out and identified myself as someone who was willing to accept, you know, her redemption and hear her out. I was patiently awaiting it. I'm just super disappointed. Like, I didn't want to see her blame. I mean, I get this. This is what the situation you were in. But tell us more about that. Like, why were you so upset? Because you seemed very adamant about the decision that you made. You seemed very strong in your conviction that you didn't want to be with him and that you guys were not right for one another. But you say on this podcast that this was somebody you had planned to marry. And so it just, and I mean, apparently you did plan to marry him. You said yes to him when he proposed to you, but it just doesn't go along with the fact of you saying, you know, that you were in a really bad place after the breakup I think maybe you were in a bad place in after the breakup because you saw him move on and you were not able to do that. And so the cameras were catching you by yourself and him living the next life, which is hard to see. I, I hear that, but we all have to be adults and face things and that means facing it and not using it as a crutch to make bad decisions or wrong choices. And if we do make those wrong choices, we own them. And, you know, we say, I didn't make this because of this, but the state of mind I was in really put me at a place where I was vulnerable when someone approached me with that type of thought. Um, B does think that these are manufactured relationships on these Bravo reality shows and that they aren't really friendships that are bred from honesty. And Rachel is definitely excited to share her side of the story. She um, talks about her name change and work in therapy that she did on her inner child and she says that when she went up to the board she was asked to take her left hand and write her name and she wrote Rachel and the therapist thought that it was interesting that she wrote that because you know that she felt like was speaking to you know the inner her and it's a wall that is up for her to be able to it's Bethany called it a persona and she kind of agreed. I don't think it's a persona. I think it, I agree. I think in a first grade setting as a five-year-old, six-year-old, she wanted to feel special when she changed it. But I think as she got older, it did become quite of a persona. And then when she got on TV, reality TV, she um, almost villainized the, the person she had become with that name. Um, her mom relates to B, and that's kind of um, why they they ended up talking. You know, B said, "Why me? Why'd you reach out to me?" She was like, "You're a force." She's not a force. I mean, I get it. She's very popular, and she's made a huge success. I mean, there's definitely some skinny girl products that I 
will admit I wholeheartedly uh, like and use, but that doesn't mean that I have to like the person that's behind the creation of that. And I don't always have to back everything they feel and say. Rachel is very thankful to her parents and her childhood friends. Um, her parents offered her the opportunity to go to that facility. Funny because she's asking Bravo to pay for it. So I'm not sure that the parents are the ones that offered it up. Maybe they, you know, put up their house or something and that's, they like want to be able to pay that off. Um, so I, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I would do the same for my child. So I am not knocking them doing that. Um, but she did say that she had friends of hers that reached out to her and told her that they had to unfollow her because of the hate they were getting online simply for following her. And that is sad. That made me sad. Um, I, I hope that's true. I would hope she's not sharing that and it is a lie. I do think that that kind of hate online is unnecessary and uncalled for and absolutely is fuel for the conversations that they're having in the direction of mental abuse to her. I mean, that's abusive for fans that are doing that. It's abuse to do that to someone and not okay. Uh, she did say that... Um, she stood by the apology. They kind of go over it together. It's funny because it makes me think that B is definitely behind her removing this apology from her social media because she did do that recently. But she goes over it and she stands behind it. So if you stood behind that apology, why'd you remove it after um, this interview took place and before it aired? Um, she said that she definitely learned in therapy that she had a love addiction where it describes intensity is confused for intimacy. And she called Tom this person in the dialogue there. And I thought that was very interesting. As the interview goes on, she definitely says his name. So that's not like she can't say his name. But she called him this person when talking about the love addiction. Um, but she absolutely... Um, could not see herself um, truly in love with him at the end of the day. Um, B did show, she said the show was all about scandal. And Rachel did say that she looked up to the other cast members because of previous scandals they've been a part of and the success they've had on the show because of it. Um, B actually stepped in and said something here where she was like, you're taking partial accountability. Yeah, that was a low-key dig. And you didn't even catch it, Rachel. Like, B was unbelievable during this interview. It was just narcissistic and sarcastic. And I, it just shows how much I um, am good for reading who she was all these years. Just never really truly cared for her from the Housewives in New York days. But, I mean, that was a dig when she told her she was taking partial accountability. Was it partially true? Yes. But say that to her and then let her finish and answer you and have that conversation with her. Don't use it as a dig in a conversation where she's not even going to, like, understand what you're doing. Um, Rachel talks about after the reunion um, a few days before, a few days after that, reunion she did her final taping and she had said that she had burned all of her bridges except for Tom and she felt like if she went in there and she told the truth that it would burn the bridge with him and it would kind of like cut off everything and make it so you know she had um she had alienated them all at that point and you know she did wasn't allowed to come forward about things like you know going to St. Louis and meeting his family and friends childhood friends and you know being with him at the house whenever Ariana wasn't there um she did say that she went straight from that interview to the airport 
from the airport in Arizona straight into treatment. She met, she was very aware and um, untrustworthy entering treatment, but she said she quickly opened up, told her story. There was one person in particular that was close to her and was leaving uh, a few weeks after she entered and happened to go to the press and kind of spill, you know, where she was, what was being worked on, what was being said, which is also really wrong if she was trying to do the work and um, that's a setback for her. So that doesn't put her at a place glad at that point she didn't have her phone because they definitely took that she said when she came in um but I, I just i don't think that's a good thing that she had no safe place to be she didn't kill anyone um do i think what she did was wrong absolutely do i think there's redemption in this story 100 percent. i just don't think right now what I've seen is offering that type of redemption or that type of audience to allow for redemption. Now, there is definitely people offering her uh, an open side to tell her story and like offering her solace on my page. So there is some people that is do that are doing that, but it doesn't mean that the hate is not, you know, 20 fold to those people. Um, everybody, she said every time everybody was monetizing on this situation, but her, I thought that it was very interesting that several times throughout this interview, she mentioned the monetization of the Scandaball and that everybody was kind of doing, you know, what they needed to, to get bank from it. You had that opportunity, Rachel. And that's the thing, like... You could have villainized yourself. House of Villains just came out. You could have been alongside Jax on that. I'm sure they would have been beating down your door. Um, and you did not want to be a villain. You didn't want to make merch that said, glad you didn't have a man. C uh, credit to the TikTok viewer that um, commented that on one of our things. Like, I mean, you had an opportunity to make merch it may not have been bought by everybody, but it still would have had an audience in which you could have uh, capitalized on, but you chose not to do that. You did not want your personality or persona to be a villain. You wanted to flip it back. And so because of that, you went into hiding and you went to change. You cannot then turn around and say, I want the you know the nice girl credit in this situation because you weren't the nice girl in this situation if you want that credit you have to be the nice girl in the situation and you've been there you were there with lala way back when lala got tons of hate for coming at you and you got tons of love so you've been there and you've been in a situation where you you know received a different side of that i'm just not sure why you understand it um she did say that she almost came back because, you know, she constantly thought about the mistakes on camera or living forever. Yep. Everyone knows this. Like, this is the world we live in. Um, but she said, you know, the producers were begging her to come back and telling her if she didn't come back and tell her side of the story, it would be written for her. And the way she says it is really wrong. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't come back and tell your side of the story, somebody else is only going to tell their side. And so your side is left to Bethany Frankel's interview in which she didn't do you any justice in asking the questions and talking with you about the things that the fans really want to know and really want to talk with you about. The money is definitely... Um, something that continued to came to come up um the realm also bethany calls it the realm is making all the money in this situation um in the institution the villain is there's a villain and then there's um the non-villain there's a killer and being killed and if you're in between you're either a friend of or you're fired and i mean she's not wrong 
that's not wrong. That's reality TV. Um, I can say that you have to have a personality for it. I think there's room for everyone on some of those shows. And she has found a spot for years and years as the nice girl. And that seemed to serve her well, but she made the turn herself. B actually said that she made less money than her interns. How about you hire me as your fucking intern, Bethany? $361,000 is how much she made in season 10. You pay your interns more than $361,000. Hey, interns, hit me up. Send me a message. Let me know if that's really accurate. I will totally keep you fucking anonymous. Tell me if that's accurate. Tell me how much you get paid. Because I'm, I'm totally wanting to blow this out the water. I know that's an untrue statement. I know how much interns get paid. I'm in a corporate world and entertainment is a step above that. I absolutely know that. But I've, I have looked at salaries in some of those venues. So I definitely know how much those people are being paid for some of that work they're doing. Um, she said that the uh, producers um, are going to, you know, tell you that both the killer and the kill killy that they're doing a bang up job and that those friendships on reality tv are not real so we're coming back to like 360 back to the conversation talking about how it's manufactured friendships and some of it is we've seen it on some of our favorite shows we bitch about it usually if it's not dynamic friendships we can see it and we know it they did a good job of hiding it um, on season 10, she definitely made herself feel like that. I have always stood by the fact, though, that I think Ariana hides a lot from the cameras. I don't deny that fact that Tom has shared. I think Tom did the same thing, though. Like, he's dumb. I, I had a really hard time even liking Ariana for a lot of years because it was a package deal. And I really disliked Tom from day one. So for me, it was not only them together, but it was her defending him, taking up for him, taking his side, being his stand, then being her stand, Rachel's stand, um, being James's stand when he was in the wrong. And I think I like better whenever it's situations like Brock, where when he confronted Lala and they talked about it, he was like, I want a friend like you that gets in front of me and says you're doing that wrong and you need to you need to be put in fucking check and understand this is not right and it's gonna look bad like you're bad for doing this not only gonna look bad but you're bad for doing this morally this is wrong that's what a good friend does though Rachel immediately went into talking about how Ariana and her were not good friends they were acquaintances who became friends because of the show. Funny because you let her be your stand on camera 24-7 and you could have said, you know, I don't want to do this fake friendship, but you wanted her in your corner and you wanted that cheerleader. You just didn't want to call her your friend off camera. And like she talked about never having a relationship with her alone. They never hung out alone outside of the show. And she did say she was sweet. She was in Ariana was sweet to her. She was encouraging. She was good and nice to her. All of these really great friends, things that a friend would do guys like this is a friend. Okay. That's a friend. Somebody who's there for you and in that setting, like I have people that I'm friends with at work that I am very close with in a work setting and sometimes it doesn't cross into my life as much, but it doesn't mean that I don't love them just as much as a friend that I've had that I go out drinking with on a weekend. Um, she did say that her and Sheena were best friends and that's a shout out to Opinions with Bravo shows on TikTok. Her and I love to go back and forth making fun of the way Sheena says that. And Rachel learned from the best. So she said they were best friends. And they were um, very close. She is upset that the narrative Sheena is sharing is that she was a mom to her. She was a sister that she never had. Um, she never paid rent to her. That was not true. She did pay rent. 
and then she immediately went into but i i took i paid rent but i also uh, cat set for her because her cat was pumped full of mercury and she was breastfeeding this is something you would do for a friend people you do those things for a friend i would never ask my friend for monetary gain for watching their animal whenever they needed me because there was a conflict in their life with their child's health like i would never put them in a position where they had to get rid of an animal or um put their their child's health at risk like it's just wrong and she expected monetary gain out of that she also spoke about being on the podcast for sheena and sheena mentioned it being her number one listen to podcast first of all it's downloaded honey it's not listened to i mean you can see listens but uh that really doesn't matter in the world of podcasts we, we care more about the downloads than we do anything but it just the fact that she used these things to hold over someone means it was a a relationship that was about gaining something. It was about financial gain to her and not about the relationship and being there for one another, which is really sad. Bethany B said it was a quid pro quo. You don't even know the meaning of that. That is exactly what I'm saying this was. Like, she expected something for something. Like, that's not what Rachel was saying. Rachel was like, I did these things so she should have exchanged, given me rent money for this because there was obviously some kind of an agreement on money for rent if that's what they did. And maybe Sheena agreed to these things. I don't know. But to me, maybe you agreed to them because you're uncomfortable. Because in my thoughts and my eyes... That's something I do for my friend without the thought of money coming into the play, coming into play at all. Um, she knows that Ariana is never going to forgive her and she's okay with that. Um, she doesn't expect to be forgiven. She is remorseful for the pain that she caused her. Uh, B does um, ask, is Tom and Ariana's relationship real? Rachel says immediately that, you know, she would have never began this if she thought their relationship had longevity. She thought they were breaking up. They were business partners branded together, as Tom told her, and they only just still live together. And she does mention that they still live together and that, you know, she gave him a key to her apartment. What apartment? You have an apartment now. So now you got an apartment. After everything happened, she must have rented an apartment now. So now she has an apartment in LA. And she gave him the key to it while this was going on. And he didn't use it. He chose to stay in the house, which is narcissistic him. I mean, that we know why he did that. But that hurt her. You could tell in her voice that that hurt her. These are things I'm excited about seeing the video interview because I know I'm going to be able to see that. The um, Bethany asked, B asks her about the deals that Ariana is getting. And Rachel says, you know, a part of her is like good for you. But then a part of her is upset that she doesn't understand why she, you know, she's a forgiving person and she doesn't understand why she, Ariana can't forgive her. And the way that she spoke to her at the reunion was awful. And so she just cannot see the reason why people would want to give her that. Um, the next conversation that they have is regarding the FaceTime call, the infamous FaceTime masturbation call. Um, this, she did not know she was re being recorded. And I can tell you that I definitely did my homework. I have a work phone. I have a home phone. I FaceTimed my work phone. I recorded it. You are not notified. I repeat, not notified when someone records your FaceTime. So just so you know, the next time you're on FaceTime with your favorite guy and you think it's safe for you to do something like that, remember he can record you and you're not going to know about it. So thanks for that tidbit, Rachel. And now I know that what he did was illegal. So that is definitely a little sad that that is 
not being taken more seriously than what it was. Um, they talk about how she explains the New York night and everything that happened. You know, she said that the night before Watch What Happens Live, she was on FaceTime with him intimately and <laughs> she um, literally thought that she was safe. And then, you know, she said the next night they go to do Watch What Happens Live. They have a wonderful time. They felt like they were on top of the world. They go out. She said she was sitting there. She looked over at her hairdresser and she said, I'm ready for anything. And five minutes later, she got a text from Ariana that said um, it was a screen recording of the intimate FaceTime recording that Tom had made and a text that said, you're dead to me. It's interesting that she said this happened on the night in New York because that is not what Ariana said. Ariana said it took her two whole days to text me. And when she did, I said, you're dead to me and blocked her. So um, I think there's definitely a difference in timeline here. And when that conversation happened, don't know we're going to know the truth unless we see the timestamp on the text. So bring it out, Bravo and Ariana. You are responding to some things, so bring it on out. We would love to see that and be able to back it up. But um, she didn't know she was being recorded, and that is really sad. Um, what we know so far, um, she thinks a lot on the video she thinks a lot saw the video a lot of friends of ariana she thinks she shared it with a lot of people i can tell you that first confirmation is brad ariana's friend came forward and said that that is not true her basis on this is that they shared intimate details online ariana probably told them intimate details i don't think they're sitting around and watching this that would not be something that would excite the the woman that you know, got cheated on, Rachel. That's not how this works. She doesn't want to watch your masturbation video to um, make fun of you. I'm sure it was sexy. Like, I'm, you're a sexy lady, so a sexy woman. So I'm sure, a young woman. So I'm sure that it was a sexy video. I'm sure she, it did not make her feel good to see that. So she's not going to want to watch that or share that with someone else. But she probably told them certain things that she wanted them to know and on purpose, which I would have done as well. That's a hurtful, that's payback for what you did to her. Like she's doing something to hurt you back. And she knew she's, she's pretty smart, Ariana. She's not going to do something that's illegal. So her just passing that video around, she's smarter than that. I believe you're way smarter than that, Ariana. Um, what we know, you know, um, she, she kind of, Rachel talked about what she had already talked about with Andy on, you know, reunion episode three that the, you know, she called her immediately, asked her how long the affair had been going on. Rachel, interesting enough, says here that the reason the affair went on so long is because they could not come to a conclusion on what they were going to share, how long it had been going on. That is like the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> we had an affair for so long because we couldn't decide on how long we were having the affair, how long to tell the person we were having the affair when we told him it was going on. <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I can't, I can't. Oh man, the irony. Um, but she talks about, you know, the phone falling out of his pocket and, B truly does not believe that this happened in this manner. She thinks that Tom staged this. You can tell by the way that she asks questions. That made me laugh pretty hard that she was calling that out pretty easily. Um, and, you know, she immediately talks about how he, her only relationships have been you know, on reality TV, Bethany kind of B leads her into that conversation. And, you know, um, 
she says that she really learned that she will not compromise her honesty and her truth. Um, that's one trait or value that she's never going to compromise going forward. I think that's a really good takeaway. That's probably the best thing that I heard from her throughout everything that she did on this interview. That was probably the best takeaway from her therapy is that that is a value that she's not going to, um, she's not going to compromise going forward. I think it's a good um, motto to live by going forward for her. Um, She did talk about Sheena assaulting her and... I'm going to be honest here. You guys are my listeners. I believe Sheena assaulted her. 100% believe it. Um, I believe it because of the way that Sheena treated Tom during the reunion. Um, She was bullying him. She was berating him to keep him from talking. And I think she was using another situation that they knew about, about him filming a scene with Rachel that they could let loose if they, um, if he told the truth. So I think they definitely were trying to keep him in check and keep him from telling the truth. I'm not sure if I would say she punched her. I think she slapped her. She said socked her. She said she threw her against a brick wall. I think she pushed her. She pushed her against a brick wall. She slapped her. And she threw her phone. So she definitely was physically assaulted by her. Was it that big of a deal? I don't think so. She talks about a permanent scar on her on her um, eye. I'm, I'm not so sure about that. Like, I'm, I've seen a scar on your face in previous videos where you didn't wear makeup. So um, I have a hard time believing that. But I do think it would, it would suffice better if Sheena would have admitted um, to the assault and just said, I, I did this. Hey, I was very angry. Um, I got heated, things got out of control and I did something I'm not proud of instead of, you know, lying and saying it didn't happen and then berating and bullying her until she dropped the, um, restraining order, which I mean, do I think she needed a restraining order? I don't think Sheena would have done anything else. I think it was literally in the moment. It was something that happened in the moment and she couldn't help herself. I don't know that I would help myself. I got some pretty close girlfriends. I would beat the fuck out of some bitch if I was hanging out with her and found out while I was hanging out. Like, it would be no question. And I'm sorry if you frown on me for being physical. Frown on me all you want. Like, that is the situation I would be in. If I was front and center with you and we were partying and we were drinking and I found out that you had a seven-month affair with my best friend's man and you were sitting right next to me, I would probably punch you in your face. I would punch you in your jaw. (laughs) Like, So... I mean, like, but I can admit that and say that, and I would admit it after it, and I would take the consequence. I would spend a couple days in jail. I would do the time. I would do what I had to do to face that consequence because that is who we are as people whenever we take accountability for our actions. So I think there's a lot of um, people in this situation who are not taking accountability, and so it's showing her this. It's a portrayal of... um, you can do this and you can say this, but don't say this. You got to still hide this. So she wants to live in that truth. She has to be truthful. And I don't think she's 100% truthful in some of the things that are being said. Um, she is still protecting Tom in a lot of these situations when she's talking, which really infuriated me as I was listening. He does not need your protection at all. Um be asked how it felt for her to be filmed by someone she thought that loved her without her consent and they go into what i think they were holding over his head during the reunion um rachel says that um he really didn't give a reason for filming her other than to say he wanted her to see how beautiful she was like that sounds like (laughs) that sounds like a fucking predator (laughs) Like, stranger fucking danger in that statement right there. Because that's exactly what it sounded like. An old fucking predator. But she definitely said that they, the film, the scene where they filmed at her apartment. And she was with Tom. And they were having the conversation about everything that happened. And 
she said to him, you filmed me without my consent, and he admitted it, and when they got done filming the scene, he asked her why she asked him that on camera. She was like, because it happened, and I think she was wanting some of her truth to be told, so good for you for trying to get your truth out there, only to find that he immediately threw a fit, a tom-trum, as reality ops would call it, a tom-trum, to the point of editing rights to that scene to be able to remove, cut out that part. And we know it was cut out. I believe her here. I think it's too Tom-like to not believe. And I mean, granted, she could absolutely be lying about this. I'll know for sure when I see her on video or I'll think I know for sure. But I just... I definitely felt like this was truth, you guys, and really, really upsets me because that tells me that um, Bravo backed that and they backed that complaint. Bravo has came forward and said this is complete bullshit and that she's lying, but I don't believe the PR rep for Bravo because they're going to protect the reality star that they have under contract right now, and they're going to protect them to the point that they can't. So until they can prove otherwise, they're going to protect Tom. And it's sad that that's what that situation has come to because the public doesn't like him. The fans don't like him. So they're solely keeping him for a tumultuous relationship and tumultuous scenes on the show. Like we know that for certain. None of us really are like, oh my God, I'm going to stop watching if Tom's on. Or I'm going to stop watching if they take Tom away. Like, nobody's saying that. So, it just... I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. Um, he, he has got... B asks if he's got the same hate. Rachel says... And I thought this was funny. She says that he's being pompous. And he's around town with other girls. So... He is being called out for that and being berated online for that alone, which I agree with. On my page alone, I don't stop the hate on him. Now, if it's really bad, I will erase, um, delete comments. People can be really, really rude online and mean, I don't like the garbage, trash, psycho stuff. Like, But I loved the correlation to Corey. Corey Ames, um, and his band, uh, all of the people that were talking about him practicing in the mirror a hundred times and like just stuff like that. That stuff is hilarious, but the hate is not okay. So I think we can express how we feel without being hate, without being hated. But she did say that she feels like the women get the short end of the stick when it comes to that situation. And it was funny because she said the women and it was almost like Bethany gave her that before they shot that piece and she repeated what Bethany said and then had to correct it to woman. The woman gets the short end of the stick. It was just little things like that that I caught. Um, Bethany did talk about a Bethany clause um, uh, because of Skinny Girl, uh, they have to kick up a percentage to the network for any businesses that they're sharing on there. So all of these bars, all of these businesses that are shared on here are kicking up a percentage of their company and sales to the network. Kind of scary thought. Um, I'm sure it was made because B was successful with her Skinny Girl product. So... That's probably the reason it all happened. She did. Uh, Rachel said they had offered Tom. He told her they offered him a producer credit um, when he was negotiating for season 11. Bravo has also came forward and said this is complete bullshit. I don't know. I, I would hope they wouldn't give him an edit, but I feel like they know he's a villain and they know he likes to bring the drama, so he will definitely be able to um, come in that direction. I, I, I don't know. Uh, 
they do talk about the reward. Um, he was kind of being rewarded for the scandal of it all. Like, who says that? She said he's rewarded for the scandal of it all. B said, you know, everybody profits and you're in debt. Again, a choice, a conscious choice to flip the narrative back to the way you wanted it, not to the choices and the decisions you'd made. So um, a choice made nonetheless. B does mention Kristen and uh, Kristen in the spinoff and you know, Rachel says, you know, you're selling your soul. And she felt for the first time on season 10, she was really selling your soul. But you were selling your soul because of Tom, not because of reality TV or Bravo. Because Tom brought you, manipulated you into his web. That was selling your soul. Being in cahoots with Tom was selling your soul. Um, And Rachel says that she feels like as Kristen was starting to step up and speak about her side of the story when it comes to James and what happened behind closed doors, which by the way, I believe was a mutually toxic relationship. Come at me all you want. Um, and I'm sure there is things that we all don't know, but I feel like it's mutually toxic whenever you're with someone who's an alcoholic, who is abusive, and you get to the point where you can't take it anymore. When you're both drinking and fueling the fire, it gets even worse. So there is no one I can blame in that situation except for the two of you continuing to be with each other during the toxicity. I mean, that's just how I feel. Um, Kristen did come forward and say that the allegations that um, she was making against her um, for James were accurate, but she didn't get any hush money. She was very PC when she responded to this by saying hush money and not saying I was given a spinoff because you were fired before this uh, scandal happened and it offered you the ability and the platform to be able to speak again and have an audience that was listening once again. So I think that you do owe a little bit of, I just sounded really ridiculous, a little bit of your, um, ability or platform to come back on some of the things that have happened. And I am sure that you saying producers did this and, you know, hid this was something that producers saw and wanted to stop dead in its tracks. So any talks previously about a spinoff were definitely jumped into immediately. Um, they... <sighs> Talk about reality TV people being rewarded for bad behavior. And it is, I don't think they're rewarded, but I think it is, um, I don't want to say sensationalized, but I, I will say vocalized more whenever we are talking about or reviewing, recapping shows. So that may be the reason that it's talked about more. Bethany went into a rating stint for a million years. Just in case you guys want to know, 11 million viewers is what they racked in. Uh, 4 million on the, the app and the network in three days. And um, I think Bethany was so amazed by a demo that had over 2 million, which is unheard of. Because um, that's where the the ads and the sponsors come in. Um. Rachel said that Baskin said that the show was canceled. This is not true. Like, and Bethany's like, wow, this is the part where I have trouble because you didn't do any research or listen to any interviews or anything before you did this interview. So you came in with no knowledge. Immediately, everybody in the Bravo verse would be like, no, he did not say that. <laughs> he said that ratings were down and that Scandaball definitely changed things that, you know, negotiations would have been definitely different had it not been for Scandaball coming about. So he did not say that it was canceled, but it could have been. You know, you never know. This is the part where they start talking about the reunion. B goes into reading the words that um, were said to Rachel on the reunion. And... <clears throat> You can go back and do this with Bethany on New York. 
I thought it would be pretty fun just to to be an, a, a complete asshat to to Bethany since I'm going to call her um Andy should call since Andy's on hiatus right now we'll call her the jackal the jacko of the day um jacko of the week what have you not uh because I thought it would be interesting to read the different things that Bethany has said to other people on reality TV that was super hurtful. Um, she's dining out on her sobriety. She's fucking sick. Look at you and look at me, you stupid asshole. Pretend rehab on the Upper East Side. Slut. Liar, hypocrite, fake, most unintelligent woman I've ever met and had the pleasure of being around. I mean, come on, B. You've done the same shit. You got paid for it and now you're mad. Like, I just, I have a super hard time with you just taking words and reading them. It was a lot. She could have said things back. She could have said, you weren't my friend. We weren't friends. We never hung out outside of this. So why did you expect more out of me? You had your opportunity to say that. You could have definitely said that. Did you say that? I mean, I would think if you said that, you definitely would tell us that now. Um, B talks about where's the protector of the employee, you know. But normally my work is not... At a friend's gathering, we're out trashed, um, we're sleeping with each other, we're responsible for what, and we are responsible for what we tolerate. Like, we tolerate what we can, and we draw a line somewhere, and you did not draw a line. Um, B did say that her therapist watched and said it was abusive, what have you not. Um, we moved into part three at this point. I, th I mean, it was a little abusive. I guess I should say that continued, um, talks was abusive, but I felt like she just sat there. It was like, um, they said it was offensive that Andy said she was medicated. It seemed like you were medicated because you just sat there and didn't say anything in return to defend yourself or to say, Hey, Tom told me this. Tom told me this because you were still taking Tom's side at that point. So you cannot reflect on that situation and say that they were wrong because you were still in cahoots with him and weren't willing to speak your truth and defend yourself. Part three, really, I'm just going to hit on. Um, it was another 20 minutes. That was 18 minutes of good stuff and um, just a few things. So, she's pissed that Lala made send it to Daryl merch when she was just trying to shut them up with a cease and desist, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, I mean, what did you expect? Again, with the merch shit, like, you can make your own merch, you can do your own thing, it's her prerogative, she's pissed because she made a down payment on a house, a house that she said Brock was looking at and she took out from underneath of Brock interesting tidbits you threw that in there she definitely threw in a a dig at lala and a, a dig at their friendship lala and sheena so it, it shows that she may be a little jealous of that friendship um and then we went into the part about graham and well the artist form the dog formerly known as graham hippie um i think she thought this was going to make her look better you guys this was really hard for me to hear you know, if you're my listeners, I have six dogs. I'm a huge dog person. We have a reactive dog. We have a lot of trouble with him. Like, I would, we've got stuff to make him a kennel. Like, we bought a $7,000 building and the kennel material to make him a kennel outside. And we couldn't even put him out there in it. We sold the building. We're cleaning it up. We're not doing it. Like, we're keeping him in. Medicated, he is doing a little better. So, there is absolutely training and medication that you can do that helps the dog. But... She said the dog bit her mom while she was in treatment. She was offered the opportunity to leave treatment or for him to go to a rescue. She chose for him to go to a rescue. That just, like, 
my daughter and I were talking about this. Like, she freaked out. She was like, I would never choose that. Like, like it just at some point, the dog is means more. And I know some people are going to be like in the mental health field, your mental health is worth more. And sometimes it is. But um, if you're going to be that adamant about where the dog lives, you need to be responsible for the dog. So she let the dog go to this rescue. The rescue could not rehome him. It was unsuccessful several times. So they ran the chip. The chip showed up, Lisa Vanderpump, and they contacted her for a donation to help with his training. Lisa immediately took him into, you know, got him, adopted him, took him, did whatever she needed to. You could tell how angry she was just talking about this situation. She found out that they had Graham, that James had Graham when he was walking him. When social media shared that he was filming in Lake Tahoe, she's disgusted that they're using him for a storyline and that she said James is the reason he's aggressive. He doesn't deserve to have him, number one, because he's not a dog. He doesn't have dog experience. She's fucking stupid for saying this. Like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. He doesn't have dog experience. And on top of not having dog experience... He's the reason that the dog bites. I thought she was going to come off with this aggressive shit and have, like, some real value behind it. No. She says that he, like, played with him and had him biting him playfully and that made him want to bite. That's not how it works. That's not what happens. So dogs sometimes just have something in their brain where they mentally can have a snap of aggression or a snap of reactiveness. It happens. And sometimes they have to be muzzled a lot of the times being around other dogs other pets or certain people so you're wrong in saying that that's not what made that dog aggressive he's food aggressive we heard that from ariana that is a trained issue when you're feeding them when they're a puppy you get your hands in the bowl you feed them from your hands you do things to prevent that my dog that's reactive is not one bit food aggressive he will eat right next to every dog my cats jump in the bowl while he's eating he would never think of doing that So that is a trained trait that you give your dog. It's clear that the training was off here. Now they had him together. So training was off between the two of them, between her and James. But knowing that going into it, a treatment facility, she should have been prepared and preparing for that while she was going through shit with Scandaval. Like that's something she could have focused her attention on to get her mind off of what was going on is to work on that dog. But I feel like it was more about fun and partying and that dog did whatever. I think that dog was kenneled a lot and he became aggressive because of the constant kenneling. So there was extreme aggression from her in learning that Lisa Vanderpump got the dog and, you know, she called them she said she talked to Lisa and Lisa almost had her talked into coming back that she told her, you know, come and stay at Villa Rosa and, you know, we'll let you film one last interview and da 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 da. And she definitely almost went back for that reason. And she did not do it. And um, I'm proud of her for sticking to her guns on that fact. But then in the same sentence, she says, if they'd have paid me this much, though, I'd have went through that mental anguish and abuse to come back. And it just, it doesn't make sense. Either you're in the lane of my mental health is more important or you're in the lane of, you know, I should be paid what you're paid as a reality star because I feel like I endured more than you did in this situation. Like, be honest and upfront about the way you feel. And... You know, uh, her last and final thought was talking about how she's going to start a podcast where she will share, Rachel will share her truth and invite on professionals that talk about her truth and um, how to overcome things like this. She thinks that she's not the only one. She definitely isn't. I've said this on my page before for some of the people that are coming out with you know, extreme vitriol. I'm like, hey, you know, I know all of you can't have been faithful your whole life. Like some of you have been the other woman at some point. So like you can't be coming at her in this direction if that's your, you know, your stance. But she is kind of like opening a platform for that audience. So that was kind of her final announcement. And I guess I'll leave it at there. Um, At that, 
I mean, I'm definitely going to listen for the truth that I'm hoping she'll share about the things that Thomas told her. Um, she did say that she has a no contact order with all of the cast. Lala has reached out to her on Instagram and offered support, but she did not trust her. So she didn't take it. Um, but she has no contact and Tom has emailed her a few times. So that's kind of where it leaves. She's no intention of returning to reality TV. And I guess the podcasting will be her future right now and traveling. Um, I will thank her for sharing her truth and offering us this opportunity to be able to hear something, to know um, a little bit about what was going on. And um, I guess I'll just leave it there. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, tuning into this special episode.